Big Fluff. What goes on here, Winston? <laughs> We're preparing the roll lasagna, sir. Unless you prefer another dish. Did you say dish? Lasagna's not a dish, windbag. It's a way of life, a state of being. Man's one perfect achievement. What did the Indians serve to the pilgrims? Lasagna. What did Marie Antoinette scream to the rabble? Let them eat lasagna. What did Neil Armstrong say when he landed on the moon? That's one small slice of lasagna. It's not a dish. It's the stuff of dreams. It's the food of the gods. It's what's for lunch. Yeah, well, the problem is, it seems we've mucked it up. You just need a little guidance, that's all. Hey, everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I hate Mondays. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are continuing our maligned comedy sequel month representing the sequel to our first year of doing podcasting together. Uh, and we're watching, as promised from last week, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. And let me just say, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Never have more accurate words ever been spoken about a piece of literature. Uh, they should use that in a book. That'd be that would be good. Like maybe the yeah. novelization of Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, would be good. Yeah. Um, if we want to talk about maligning this movie right out the gate, that they didn't start without some version of that. Like that bugged me. I they started with narration and didn't use that line. Yeah, I, I that, yeah. just right out the gate. I'm like, what is what am I what have I gotten myself into? Sloppy. It was sloppy. And uh, yeah, and that uh, bugged me. Also, just to throw it out there before we get too far into it, would be a perfect tagline for this podcast. Cause what is <laughs> finding silver linings in maligned movies, if not the best of times and the worst of times? Because sometimes we find really great hidden gems or reveal them to the audience. Other times we watch Caddyshack 2. We did watch Caddyshack 2 and it broke our brains so bad that we watched this. Yeah, that that's how much damage Caddyshack 2 did that we felt that, you know what, Bill Murray passed on this. What other sequel did he not pass on? Yeah, because this, if people don't know, this and Ghostbusters 2 are it. This yeah, is the only with, sequel. Uh, Ghostbusters Aftermath coming out later this year. Well, yeah. The, the, the third sequel that he's done. Is that how that works? I guess that, yeah, I guess you still call it the third sequel, but that sounds weird. Yeah, I mean, it is a sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, so this and Ghostbusters are the only things he ever wanted to return to or was contractually obligated to return to. Yeah, I guess if you want to count the Ghostbusters video game that he did voice work for. Yeah, I also, do we want to get that weird fact out of the way about the fact that, do you have the guy's name? So there's, what is it's it? Ethan Cohen. Yeah, so if people don't know, one of the Cohen brothers uh, wrote this movie. Well, no, that's the, that is the story. That's the, the joke. Well, it's the, I believe it's a joke, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what Bill Murray claims is that he thought the Cohen brothers. He saw Ethan Cohen and... Yeah. No, but um, was it Lorenzo Music? Is that the guy? Yes. Yeah. That is his name. Yeah. So Lorenzo Music and Bill Murray have both voiced Peter Venkman and Garfield. Yeah. So that's the shared G Garfield Venkman verse that yeah. they have. 
It was actually no, it wasn't Ethan Cohen. It was Joel Cohen. I was I was I had the wrong Cohen brother. Yeah. So it was Joel Cohen was branching out uh, from his brother, trying to get out from under that shadow, and he wrote Garfield and A Tale of Two Kitties. Yep. And that is what brings us here today. But yeah, Lorenzo Music, uh, famed voice out voice actor, did Garfield voiced Venkman on the Real Ghostbusters, and Bill Murray played both in live action movies. Yeah, I mean, essentially, so Lorenzo Music is the animated TV you know, like equivalent of Bill. So if you're going big budget action movie, you go Bill Murray. But if you're going TV budget, Bill Murray, you go. If you're going animated stand Saturday morning cartoon, you go Lorenzo music. It's just occurring to me, man, we should have gotten, we should have booked to Lorenzo music for this episode. <laughs> he is dead. Oh, well then we shouldn't have. No, that would have been too hard. Yeah. But what if he came back as a ghost? That would be. <sighs> It would have been on. Oh, brand. would that be poetic justice if yeah. ever there was? Yeah, that'd be amazing. So let's talk about Garfield. <laughs> Tell two titties. Okay. Um, I'm also delaying because I don't even know what to do with this movie. Uh I don't know. Let's just start with saying that Garfield is a wildly popular for no reason comic strip. Uh, okay, that's a good place to start. So I read Garfield. All the time as a kid. Same. I watched Garfield and Friends Same. on television. I would have called myself a fan. Also, I don't know if you're you saying on this. My family owned the <laughs> glass Garfield mug. Like we had Garfield uh, mugs in our house. Uh, no, but I did have a stuffed Garfield. Okay, so... Garfield, we we grew up at a time when Garfield was huge. Like it was everywhere. And if you were a kid, um, you know, it was if you look it up, um, you know, back it was a huge problem at the time because uh kids were like rioting in their schools because their cafeterias didn't serve lasagna. Uh kids just skipping class on Mondays. Um they were mailing students to Abu Dhabi, like just all. It was a, all over the place. It was a, he was really bad. Like Garfield was a huge, like terrible influence on sleeping us all. completely uh, ensconced in their covers so that not a part of them was visible. Yeah, so there was suffocation risk. Yeah, so you know, it was a mess. Yeah, and then we all had those like Garfield peeing on NASCAR bumper stickers. You know, yeah. stuff the stuffed animals. The only thing that's equivalent to Garfield's love of lasagna is his hatred of Ford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really, he can't stand Ford. It's well documented. Yeah. So uh, all of that to say, as a kid, I would have described myself as a big Garfield fan. And I hit an yeah, age. Yeah, same. I, had, I definitely had a, a number of the books. I would always read. Yeah. I'd always, Garfield would be one of my go-to reads in the funnies. Oh, yeah. In the funnies. And then also, if we went to the library, I was checking out those Garfield collections, too. Like, I was reading them there. I probably read every Garfield comic that was available. Uh, spent a lot of time trying to draw Garfield as a kid. Uh, and then I got... I'm going to guess teenaged. They're definitely probably right around the time that my age was countable in double digits. Once I ran out of fingers. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. As soon as like 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there that was, I never was interested in Garfield again. You just, it was like a hard, I am done with this. 
Yet other comic strips that I loved from that era, Farside, Calvin and Hobbes, both great. Like that, loved and continue to love to this day. Mm-hmm. I as, own as a middle-aged man. Yeah, I still own uh, the collection of Calvin and Hobbes. Like I have every Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. It's great. Calvin and Hobbes is wonderful. We will never uh, talk about a Calvin and Hobbes movie because that won't happen. Right. I mean, I can't never say never. But as long as Bill Watterson has the ability to stop it, it will not happen. That he has been very adamant about his property only really existing in comic strip form like you can't even really buy like calvin and Hobbes t-shirts and all of like the calvin peeing on the dodge logo is all bootlegged no that was the worst thing is that he really had a hard line about that of not wanting to cash in on it and so people just made bootleg merchandise with calvin in it also yeah like the i think the story goes he was offered basically like a truckload of cash to Mm -hmm. make Hobbes dolls which would have sold and i would have owned one Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I'd probably own one now. I probably would honesty. too. Honestly, now just talking about it, I'm kind of tempted to go on Etsy and buy a bootleg one. <laughs> so, but, uh, but no, uh, Waterson refused. Jim Davis did not, uh, the have the same complete other end of that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Did not have the same feeling. Yeah. Uh, Jim, he's kind of the, the real life crusty, the clown of, uh, licensing <laughs> his yeah, character. I mean- Garfield is probably as licensed a character outside of like the Walt Disney umbrella. Yeah. Although, I mean, we watched this movie on Disney Plus, so it's not entirely outside the Disney umbrella. Yeah. Well, that's it was weird. Yeah. Because it's a Fox movie, but it is now on Disney Plus because they own them. Yeah. But I mean, no, Garfield, you know, you could nary go for a drive in the late 80s to early 90s without seeing a Garfield suction cupped to the the back windshield of a station wagon. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. But I will say, so I wanted to say all of that uh, to admit that I was once a big fan to that. Now I'll say this sentence, which is, I don't understand <laughs> what Garfield is as a comic. And I don't think any of us do. I don't think no, we, the, the only person that does is the creator of Garfield minus Garfield. Garfield minus Garfield. There's a bonus silver lining right now, which is if you have never read Garfield minus Garfield, it is exactly what the name implies. They go through strips. They remove Garfield from them. And it's just about John Arbuckle talking to himself. And it is so much funnier then it's just watching a middle-aged man have an existential crisis yep it's yeah it's delightful yeah and what you realize too is a lot of times the third panel which is garfield making some sort of um snarky comment is not like that's what the comic thought was funny but it's much funnier to watch john have a breakdown and then be standing there in silence in the third panel to just have some realization and then just literally stare off into space. Yeah, it's it's funny. And and yeah, John Arbuckle, you know, who has some like serious like Jerry Smith from uh, Rick oh, and Morty. Oh, big time energy. Jerry Smith vibes. Yeah, which is maybe OK. So maybe now 12 minutes in, if we actually want to talk about this movie, which we probably should do, uh, maybe that's a place to start. And this is not on Breck and Meyer at all because i don't think this is him but like what is this john in this movie who is this character this is not john arbuckle at all i don't know who the this is just 
generic cool guy. This is random, kind of dorky, but not entirely lacking social graces guy. Yeah. And granted, full disclosure, neither Andy nor I ever saw the first Garfield. So maybe they addressed all of this, but also just with Liz. He and Liz are just together now. Yeah. On the verge of getting engaged. Yeah. Liz, who what I remember from all of those comics out as a kid, it was just sort of John pining away at this woman who seemed to have no interest in him. But would continue to go out on dates with him. But like seemed like I always got the impression. I mean, not as a kid, but now looking back on it, I get the impression that they lived in a small town and he was just nice. And so she's just going out to dinner with him, but she is not. She doesn't have feelings for him. Yeah, that's that's probably a pretty accurate assessment. Um, And you know what? Maybe. And I never want to know the answer to this. That maybe the first Garfield movie is all about John stop being a sad sack and taking control of his life, taking some agency. That's probably what and it they've is. continued that character growth into the second one, which is usually doesn't happen in comedy sequels. That's probably what it's it usually is. Usually a hard reset. You know what? You're probably right. They probably did it. Uh, you know what? This is good. Let's guess what we think the first movie was. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna guess. Do you think he gets Garfield in that movie? I think, think he gets Garfield. That's I what think I was thinking, that, too. We see him get Garfield. I think it doesn't Garfield. start with Garfield already being a known quantity. Yeah. Because this movie, I mean, you want to talk about a movie striking while the iron's hot with a property. Uh, Garfield in 2006. Peak. Yeah, yeah. It, that's when you want to make a Garfield movie. You know, a good almost three decades into the comics run. Mm-hmm. When it's real fresh. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, so so he gets Garfield probably. He probably already has Odie, I'm guessing. I think he already has Odie. I think that's reasonable. But then there's a lot. So it's a lot of just adjustment. I'm guessing this is what I'm guessing that. Yeah, it's he doesn't know what to do with Garfield because Garfield is out of control and he's never had a cat like this. But but he's a sweetheart at his core. So he wants it to work. So he he tries to find this is maybe someone a friend or something or he looks up, but he he gets his vet Liz recommended to him, and she's gonna help, like how to deal with this cat, and she thinks it's kind of sweet because maybe other people would have just like thrown him back in the pound or something, but but John right. he wants to do it, so so that's what's endearing to her. Um, and then they, yeah. So then like they, they start to court and he starts, but yeah, what he realizes is that he's, he needs Garfield to help him get out of his shell, you know, and he, he grows as a person. There's some, you know, though at the same time, Garfield is also very protective of John doesn't want anyone else vying for his affections. So maybe is unknowingly trying to sabotage the budding relationship between John and Liz. Which seemed like that was at the beginning of this movie too. So I'm going to guess they're continuing with that, that he, once he bonds with John, he doesn't, he's, well, he's also maybe, maybe he's worried that Liz being involved means that he's going to be cast aside or something. He's, he's got some abandonment issues, Garfield. Yeah. I mean, I think, I would be shocked if we were less than 50% right. Yeah. And then I'm guessing there's some kind of big, I'm envisioning that it's like a dinner or something that Garfield really like wrecks, but like way over the top. And he's like, maybe he's chasing Odie around or something, but he like just, just wreaks havoc havoc on something important. Maybe it's Liz's birthday 
or maybe it's like just a special dinner he was making for Liz. And then Garfield actually feels really bad. And then probably may- he maybe he makes lasagna. He whatever John was going to make uh, <laughs> steamed steamed hams or whatever. Yeah. He's he's not able to do it. And then uh, he's like, oh, Liz, I'm really sorry. It seems that I have. And then Garfield comes out right then. And it's like lasagna. I have lasagna. And then he, he gives her the lasagna. And then just probably hardcore sex scene to end it. Oh, yeah. And, and 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 you see Garfield like doing like the pause over his face, but then he like opens two of the paws. Yeah. So you can kind of peek through. Yeah. And then he's and, like horrified. Right. And then he starts licking himself. <laughs> yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> and coughs up a big hairball for laughs. Yeah. Mm hmm. We did that's it. That's it. We did we it. Nailed that's, it. That so is... if you've never seen Garfield, that, that's now what you happened. Have. Now you have. And so. <laughs> uh, so I, now that we've talked our way through Garfield and you got almost two podcasts, and I guess I guess the silver lining of that is uh, a commitment to character growth in a children's comedy. You know, mm-hmm. you don't always see that. Yeah. Also, I mean, really, if you think about it, this is like three kitties because you got the kitty from that movie and then these two kitties. Um, and so this is an extra kitty that yeah. you got. We should probably talk about the plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the Prince and the Popper. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. And uh, I fascinating. So it's literally a character named Prince uh, that apparently I read in the IMDb trivia. They wanted Prince, the singer, to play the character. And then he 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 seemed like he was interested at first, but then dropped out. So then... Obviously, Andy, if you can't get Prince, but you want someone like Prince, who who's your second call? I mean, it's got to be Tim Curry. Tim Curry, obviously. Who would you? Yeah. Like, who else would you pick? Yeah. And that's people You're don't, not picking Peebo Bryson. <laughs> people don't talk about it a lot, but every notable role that Tim Curry's had clue, uh, you know, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. All of those roles were originally offered to Prince and he turned them down. I'm going to say that Prince would have made one hell of a Frankenfurter. I just want to put that out there. He would have made a great Frankenfurter. I would have watched him as, what is it, Mr. Body in Wadsworth. Or Wadsworth. gets revealed as Mr. Body. Spoiler for a comedy that's 40 years old. Sorry to cut to this point. But the only tweak with that one, I imagine, is instead of like the, what is it, monkey brains, he just serves everyone pancakes. Right. Yeah. Same thing with Rocky Horror. It's the literal exact plot, except there's pancakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wears a raspberry beret at some point. Right. I assume. The kind you'd find at a secondhand store. Yeah. But other than that, they're note for note. But no, and I I heard Tim Curry was very disappointed that he didn't get to be in Purple Rain. Yeah, because he'd written all the music and recorded everything. He he just assumed. He just assumed, like, this is going to, he's going to pass on this. This will be me. So he did a lot of prep work for that. Almost too much. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, so he is a a cat named Prince who lives in a castle in England and his owner dies and then leaves the castle to him. And then comedy legend John Cleese uh, tries to kill and him. It's Billy Connolly. Uh, sorry, Billy Connolly. Why did I say John Cleese? Because he has strong. He has. There's a, a general similarity between Billy Connolly and John Cleese. Yeah. But. Billy Connolly is playing John Cleese in this movie. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I just my brain filled that in. But yeah, it is Billy Connolly. Fun fact too. Uh, originally they offered John Cleese that role, 
in Boondock Saints. And when he passed, they gave it to John to, Cleese. Yeah. yeah. Billy Connolly. I keep doing that. Yep. Yeah. Billy Connolly took the role from John Cleese because John Cleese passed in Boondock Saints. I think I've forgotten who they both are at this point. They're, <laughs> yeah. They're the, so Billy Connolly's the one that was in Monty Python. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. And, and and John Cleese is the uh, the guy who's known for his storytelling stand up jokes. Yes. Yeah. And did uh, a voice in How to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. But then Billy Connolly was um, a fish called Wanda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yes. Oh man, what if we never talk about Garfield and Tale of Two Kitties <laughs> in this movie? I mean, at this point, I feel like it'd be almost a letdown. Uh, we have never done more asides per. <laughs> we are not getting to the point today. Um, I think this. I think this month broke us. That's what we. I learned. think it did. I think it really, really. We're gonna have to get back on track. Maybe a race track. Hmm. It's a teaser. It's yep. Yeah, for what? Who knows? But we're gonna leave it there. Anyways, uh, yeah. So this movie is essentially paint by numbers. The Prince and the Popper. Typical mistaken identity thing. Garfield and Prince are identical. And and either John Cleese or Billy Connolly, depending. is Maybe tr- both. Or maybe both. May- you know what it is? Maybe they're doing their own Prince and the Popper in the background. To the world. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Billy Connolly is trying to murder the, either. Whichever. Because he's the nephew of the deceased Lady Carlisle. And thought that he was in line, but now he just has to wait for the cat to die. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, the the palace is left to the cat instead of him, and he's very mad about it. And um, yeah, and also John is trying to propose to Liz, and then she goes to a conference in London. She goes to a flimsy plot reason to England. Yeah, apparently this um animal welfare conference couldn't get jane goodall so their second choice is liz which is cut you know like look this movie's not great but if you're gonna just do it just yes that is exactly (laughs) the reason that she should go that she's the second most well-known animal welfare persona in the world after jane goodall Mm -hmm. they're in england not gonna get david attenborough no why would you why why in 2000 what six is that what we said <laughs> like yeah he wasn't well known then no not even a little bit he hadn't been around for almost 50 years at that point <laughs> you're gonna get a veterinarian <laughs> from america <laughs> so that makes me think that there's there's a big plot piece we're missing from garfield where she, she has becomes that level of renown where she becomes the jane goodall of american of, veterinarians of house pet veterinarians yeah like sure so that's the one thing we're missing and you'll have to watch it no spoilers here she invents a new type of plush toy for for animals for cats for cats she maybe she writes a paper you know what it is she writes a paper about garfield that's what it is because Garfield is such an interesting specimen. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It changes the understanding. Because also, and maybe 24 minutes in, is a good time to talk about the fact that Garfield and Prince are animated and all of the other animals are live action. Yes, I think that's a great time to talk about this. <laughs> um, the least inconsistent thing about this movie. 
It's a weird choice. It's a really weird choice. Because like Odie's just a dog and not even a dog that looks like the type of dog that I would imagine that Odie is. No, he is a little a little too like mongrelly to be Odie kind of. Yeah, cuz Odie is just floppy ears and a tongue. Like those are what's distinct right. to me about Odie. So you almost you almost should have gone like a bigger dog, like a bigger more slobbering dog. Like like a basset hound. I mean, he's not a basset hound, but like something more in that milieu than just random mutt that they got. Yeah. So, but that's, yet- the, big, that's the big thing is that Odie has this tongue that couldn't possibly fit in his mouth. Yeah. Is always drooling. And Odie is at least playing really, really dumb. Yeah. Honestly, a pug wouldn't have been a bad move. No. No, a pug probably could have worked. Yeah, or like a bulldog or something. Just something that's like loud and snorty and licking all the time. Slobbery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, it is. I mean, Garfield doesn't look like any cat that's ever existed. No. And I mean, I understand making Garfield animated, but then... Garfield is animated exactly like Garfield. So it's not even like the Lion King, the the new right. one. It's just, he's just animated like a 3D version of how he is in the comics. But none of the other animals are, but they are anthropomorphized. They're able to talk, you know, and they... Maybe. Because it's really unclear who well, understands whom well humans can't understand them but i think animals can understand each other there also is some kind like i don't know if you had this but we started this year by watching the film doolittle with robert downey jr and i definitely felt there were some similarities between that movie and this movie and the way that animals functioned and the way that uh palace intrigue functioned <laughs> like like there's oddly yeah there's there's some weird there's a pretty big Venn diagram crossover between Robert Downey Jr.'s recent Doolittle and this movie, which came out well before it. But Yeah. Um, which you'd only know if you decided to do a podcast where you watch malign movies to try to find their silver linings. Yeah. I do think this movie was missing a constipated dragon, if I could give it one note. Yeah. I mean, if the poop doctor could come through and... This uh, for being a kids comedy about a lot of different animals, surprisingly light on poop jokes. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't. There's not a lot of like bodily functioned humor in this movie. And I mean, to be fair, like a Garfield comic isn't really predicated on bodily function humor either. Yeah, it's mostly Oddly enough. Ba- it was mostly based on swearing. A lot of like yeah, curse just words. real vulgar. Just yeah. A lot of blue. The C word way more than you'd think for a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning funny strip. Yeah. And they didn't even do the thing that you would think they'd do with the, like the, you know, pound sign and, you know, exclamation point. And, right. No, no Grolix is here. Just. Uh, yeah. Just wrote it. Just straight out and somehow never got censored. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't get it. Baffling. Yeah. Um, the only comic worse was Family Circus. God. <laughs> Just yeah. the vulgarity. Which I but like when my favorite family circus comic is the one where like 
it'd be clear that like a cookie jar was broken or something and and like the mom would be questioning billy and he'd be like i didn't fucking do it like those were good <laughs> the one i like it's same same exact comedy i mean they yeah. they're a little bit repetitive uh and where billy's just like bitch who you asking <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then he yeah it, like she just cries and, and yeah wanders out or the one where he it's like the Sunday one where he like they show like Billy's path all through the neighborhood and it's just to get a sheet of paper that says fuck you to his mom. Yeah, but it's like he would take like a he, lot of steps. He was just so many detours. Yeah. You know, over the river and through the woods and up and around the bend and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty nine and a half minutes in. Uh, let's talk about Garfield. A tale <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else um, is there to say, really? No, I mean, Garfield looks weird. I we covered Garfield that. looks really weird. Uh, they what? Okay, here you want me to malign a specific thing from this movie? Fine. Is that what you all want on this show? Where that's what we do every week for a year? What was that moving on up the song? Oh God! Oh God! That Where, was. It didn't commit Terrible. to the rhyme scheme. Like it didn't commit to the amount of syllables. Like, it, like he literally was like moving on up to a castle. Like not even. Yeah. I'm not even gonna fit. Like I'm not gonna find. Not like a deluxe castle in the sky. Just moving on up to a castle. Not to the east side. No, not it, to England. It was like someone came up with the idea. Let's do moving on up, but about living in a castle. And then they forgot to write it. And they just had, hey, Bill Murray, do it. And yeah. he phoned it in. <laughs> he did not try. <laughs> um, it is easily the worst experience I've ever had with TV theme songs that I can think of. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what would be a good idea? If someone had a tournament. Where they tried to decide. Oh my God, where they, they decide what the best TV theme song is? Yeah, that'd be good. Where they wasted something like... 30 hours just to decide it's the Muppets. Yeah. Which you obviously know it's going to be the Muppets going in. So I don't even, why would you even do it? And like, why would you even start? But like to do it, you like go really over the top. You get like 300 songs and you rank them and it's really complicated. And you have these rules where people, even when a song's eliminated, someone can bring it back. Someone can, yeah, can overturn one of the voting results. And, and you have like way too many people debate it. Yeah, but it also make it an even number. Make so, sure it's an even number, and yeah. then all you do is just stop counting one person's vote. Yeah, comically. I mean, that sounds funny. That sounds, does sound. That sounds like a good bit. That sounds. Um, yeah. If only we could connect like a like moderately one hit wonder band from the early aughts to this. Like that would be. I think that would make it all worthwhile. You saying just reference them, or do you mean like literally get one of the band members somehow involved in the tournament? <sighs> I mean, either or, but if you could get the I don't know how you would even go about getting the second one, but if you no, could, no. that would be, that would be the way to do it. Yeah, that would. So, you know, if anyone wants to do that, I don't know why yeah, you would. You, it sounds like a lot of work and like you'd regret it like halfway through, but yeah, but you have our blessing to give and, um, you know, tag us. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. We'll listen. We'll, you know, give notes if that's what you want. But other than that. 32 and a half minutes in, let's... Okay, so there's two kitties, right? And, and uh, there's a tail. 
And one lives in, in England and the other lives in America. And John wants to propose to Liz. Odie doesn't really have an arc. Odie's just in the movie. Odie's just in the movie. John Cleese is not in it. No, but Billy Connolly might be. But Billy Connolly might be. Um, yeah, I... No, this it's it's about as paint by numbers as you can get. It's not particularly interesting. Like we watched the game plan a few weeks ago, which is clearly not a movie geared towards me. It's geared towards, you know, younger viewers. But I could find the enjoyment in that. And I could see like why kids would enjoy it. I don't know that I could see why kids would enjoy this. Yeah, it's not silly enough to be, like, fun, silly for kids. It's not interesting enough. I don't think Garfield has the, you know, cultural resonance to kids in the early 2000s enough to what, that they would be excited about it inherently. It's just kind of nothing, honestly. It's, it's a well-worn story told in a pretty lazy fashion with jokes that have been done better in other movies. And I I feel like I do want to specifically malign just the general characterization of Garfield in this movie. Oh, okay. And if it wasn't clear, because we, for some reason, keep getting sidetracked, I did want to specifically malign John's characterization as well. But yeah, let's talk about Garfield. Like, I think Bill Murray is a great choice to voice Garfield. I think, in general like that clearly i mean that they, they had lorenzo music doing a bill murray when they did the show in the early 90s and it works 80s, i mean garfield it is worked. sarcastic like it, it makes total sense that he would sound like bill murray but the other thing another huge characterization of garfield is laziness yes and this garfield is anything but lazy yeah he's he's acrobatic he's He's excited about things. Yeah, he's a go-getter. He seems to be high energy. And those are, I mean, it's always a better choice to have high energy characters. Um, you know, characters that are want to be a part of what they're doing. Uh, that's usually a better choice, but that's also just very much not Garfield. And it's like, even this, like the plot depends on it, but even the idea of Garfield going to the trouble to smuggle him and Odie into John's luggage... Seems like something he wouldn't bother to do. Yeah, like that would be like the biggest stretch was that he would maybe try to go along because he didn't want to be left alone or whatever. But I almost feel like if he was going to end up in England, which obviously he needs to, it should it should have been like Odie knocking them into the luggage or something it should have been more something like it should have been more along those lines absolutely like the idea that garfield cares enough to to want to go like yeah i believe that garfield would not want to go to the vet but then why does he want to go to england right why Why? does he want to go anywhere but his house where lasagna is yeah um yeah and then the fact that like he gets to put in a situation where he could be the laziest creature ever and isn't it's yeah. just not Garfield. And then like he cares about the percent, like that he, he finds out that the, the other animals at the castle sort of don't feel too kindly towards him, but like that he wants to 
not have them dislike that he can't like the Garfield that I remember from my childhood would like as long as they're making him lasagna what does he care what they think yeah so that's the thing they get wrong yeah the laziness is not there I think they remember some of the other like like you said the Bill Murray voice he's sarcastic but he could be more sarcastic I think that should be more dialed up um they remember the lasagna thing we played that clip at the beginning uh, he, he does cancel Mondays. He does cancel Mondays, which, look, I'm going to be honest, I chuckled when he canceled Mondays. This movie, I mean, we're, I don't think we're, we could, might as well pivot. I mean, it's been uh, six hours that we've been doing asides from talking about Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. But this movie did get a couple of genuine chuckles out of me. Yeah. But no, Garfield is not well characterized john like i said i don't recognize this version of john i don't recognize this version of liz and Odie is nothing so those yeah, are Odie all is in the movie those are all of the main characters that they brought in from the garfield universe and none of them are particularly accurate to their and, <laughs> their comic book counterparts and where's normal and where is normal i hope normal was in the first movie because, yeah, justice for normal. Release the normal cut. That's right. Yeah. What if it was just normal was just in their house the whole time? Just loving it. Like, just, you know, no then one. Then show can... that. That's a great bit. Yeah. Normal's just having the best life ever. Just living in John's house while they're all gone. He's, like, eating Garfield's lasagna. Sleeping oh. in Garfield's bed. Just, like, really just doing, like, a risky business, but with... Garfield stuff. And then you have the post credit stinger of when they come home and, and Garfield sees that Nermal's wrecked all his stuff and it's it's great. Yeah. And th that didn't even take a poop pass. No. And we already vastly improved this movie. Yep. But I, now, uh, actually 39 minutes in, why don't we pivot to uh, some of... I, I think the silver one of the silver linings... Is there were a couple of genuine chuckles that I got out of the the one and it it's such a freaking worn out idea, but I did laugh when they did the mirror bit with Garfield and Prince. That was a good that was a good bit of business. And when Garfield was doing all of the crazy acrobatics to the point that he couldn't see Prince and then Prince just did the same finishing pose. No. That got a laugh out of me. That, that got a laugh a out of bit. me too. No, that was very clever of, yeah, realizing I only need to do the parts that Garfield can see when his back is turned to me or when he's tumbling around. He can't, he can't see me. So right. I'm not going to do it. No, that was good. Yeah, I like the way that they did that because, yeah, that's something that has been done a lot. But the idea to sort of play with it a little bit and and show us the audience that it's not perfectly synchronized, but it's perfectly synchronized as far as Garfield sees is really right. clever. Like that is sincerely a clever bit. No, that that was that was a well executed joke. Um, and that did make me laugh. Yeah, I like that Tim Curry's Prince character liked lasagna. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> That like it, they obviously played with the idea of he thought it was strange and they thought something was wrong with Garfield because he wasn't eating lasagna. But then when as soon he, as he tasted it. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest. And that's why I picked the clip that I did for the beginning. This movie's sincere love of lasagna is very endearing to me. Lasagna is a 
delicious dish. It I really mean, is. But I, out of everything in the movie, I felt that the people who made this movie most sincerely believed that lasagna is the best food in the world. Yeah, because I mean, the most time and care and love in the movie is the scene where the, all the animals get together to make a lasagna. Which I did like, too. I, I did enjoy that scene. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that the fact that there was a fight over the last piece and Garfield didn't just scarf it, missed mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought that's what was going to happen, too, is that, well, Garfield's going to eat it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, John Cleese is a good actor. He is. He was, he, but Andy, it wasn't him. In this. Oh, that's right. It was Billy Connolly. Yeah. Also a good actor. Yeah. But Andy, it wasn't him in this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was Michael Palin. <laughs> um, I mean, I, like, this is another movie that you've either, you either are going to see this or you're not. Isn't you know that all I mean? movies, though? When you... Well, but I mean, like... <laughs> In the sense that, like, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> well played. I'm just going to shut up. But, uh, you know, this isn't a movie that's, like, going to, like, kind of perk your interest and be like, hmm, I wonder how Garfield the Tale of Two Kitties is. Really, the only way you could come to watching it is if you have, a, like, a seven or eight-year-old child and you've run out of things to show them on the TV is one reason. Or... You uh, do a podcast with your best friend that lives on the other side of the country and you get so broken by Caddyshack 2 that you have to watch the one sequel that Bill Murray said yes to. I'm going to say this as a silver lining. It's a sincere one. This movie's better than Caddyshack 2. Yeah, it is. It's also better than Blues Brothers 2000. It is also better than Blues Brothers 2000. Those are... Both true facts. Do with them what you will. But and take those however you want to. Um, I'm just going to say, if Bill Murray does a sequel, well, this is what we've learned this month. If Bill Murray does the sequel, it's better. It's going to be a better movie than if he doesn't do it. If he refuses to do it, just know that that is a sign. It's not. And that is not to say that if he does it, it's good. It's to say that if he doesn't do it. You, it's a stone should, cold lock that it, it is unwatchable. It's going to be one of the worst movies ever. Yeah. So keep um, that in mind, you know. Yeah, that's, that is something to be aware of, filmmakers out there. That's a free tip from Joel and Andy to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, this... Uh, yeah, it's... I mean... They paid... They got a lot of famous voice actors to do the other animals. That's a thing that happened. Always nice to hear Bob Haskins' voice. Always nice to hear Bob Haskins' voice. That's, yeah. that's very true. Um, who I expect to show up many times on this podcast, if he, even though he has... I think this is his first appearance. Yeah, and unfortunately... Wait, was he... I feel like... Nah, I don't know. I, was, I felt like maybe he was in something else, but I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he, he might show up again. Uh, also, it was nice hearing Jane Leaves um, from... Yeah, I mean, I always like to hear Daphne Moon show up again. Yeah, and I I saw you, Sheriff of Rottingham. I saw you, like... Yeah. Jonathan Price. Good actor. Thank Another, you. I couldn't you remember know. his name. Yeah. Um. And you know what? I'm a Jennifer Love Hewitt fan. 
she's great in this she's delightful i yeah she's again i don't i don't know what these characters are i don't know who liz is in this movie but like jennifer love hewitt is very enthusiastic in this movie she's she's i want to use cheery bubbly i I was gonna say effervescent that was the word that like occurred to me that she's just yeah she's she's a breath of fresh air to every scene that she's in in this movie when liz in the garfield comic strip is she seemed like kind of a bummer (laughs) just a sarcastic meanie <laughs> yeah like yeah liz seemed like a bummer in those and garfield kind of loves her in the comic for that yes she gives john as much crap as he does right which honestly not enough giving john crap in this movie i don't think yeah. john was was really messed with enough in this movie was he at all it was really um, just that opening, opening scene. scene when he got the, the lasagna on his shirt. Yeah, because in the opening scene, he tried to propose to Liz and Garfield wrecked it. And that was about it. Yeah, he there should have been more, you know, maybe they, they exhausted it in the first one. But yeah. but John should have been tortured more. John, like, yeah, John was way too optimistic in this movie. He should, he should have been a bit more worn down by everyone around him. Yeah, and... I like Brecken Meyer as an actor. I think that he's usually used to good effect, but he just, he's not the type of sad sack Jerry Smith that John Arbuckle should be. Who would have been good casting in 2006 to play John? Chris Parnell. <laughs> I mean, yep. I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, that would have been better. Um, I mean, there, there isn't anyone better than Parnell. <laughs> no, Parnell would have, he'd been a great John Arbuckle. Yeah. Release the Chris Parnell cut. <laughs> yeah, no. He, yeah. He, I'm, I'm I trying mean, to... he does voice Jerry Smith to excellent effect on Rick and Morty, but um, yeah, I think I think that live action Chris Parnell would have been an excellent put upon John Arbuckle. The only other name... Or maybe that... like a Joe Latrulio would have been if you couldn't get Parnell. I was going to say, the only name that came to me was Brad Garrett. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's good, but I mean I think it's closer than Breckenmeyer. <laughs> Sadly, eleven foot tall Brad Garrett is probably closer to John Arbuckle. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna propose to Liz. Oh, that's a propose to her. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Brad Garrett could probably, if you couldn't get Bill Murray, would probably have not been a terrible Garfield voice. That's true. All right, so let's we're going to remake Garfield in 2021. Chris Parnell is playing John, Brad Garrett's voice in Garfield, and uh Stephanie Beatriz is playing Liz. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be great. And it's gritty. It's a gritty Super gritty. It's, it's so gritty. It's so dark. It turns out that Garfield's parents were killed in front of him on a Monday. Yep. And that's why he hates it. And the the thing was they were taking him to an Italian restaurant when they were murdered. And that's yeah. why he loves lasagna, because it's the Cause only memory of solace that he has in his life. Yeah. And uh, what he doesn't know is it was Odie's parents that killed his parents. Right. And Odie doesn't. I was going to say it was Gritty that killed his parents. <laughs> oh, Gritty's in it. for sure. Gritty's, oh, yeah. Gritty is Gritty's somehow the villain. in it. He's the villain in the movie. and Because he's just going. No, no, no. Here's, no. here's the thing. Gritty's not in this one. He's teasing him. Sequel. Yeah. A tale of two gritties. (laughs) And Garfield gets mistaken for gritty. 
Yeah. And he has to be the mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers. But he's really lazy because we understand the characterization. Right. Yeah. And then Gritty is living with John Arbuckle, played by Chris Parnell. And and the thing is, even though Gritty is not the same size as Garfield at all, like nobody notices. Yeah, like, nobody knows. It's not, never not commented on. Yeah. Not once. Yeah. And uh, since uh, Prince is dead, unfortunately, we're going to get right. Tim Curry to voice Gritty. Right. Yeah. And this time, for me, we're going to try to get John Cleese. Yeah, we're going to get... Who knows for what role, but we'll get him. Yeah. Although there's part of me that, like, I'd rather just have Gritty not talk as Gritty doesn't talk. Oh, he doesn't talk. But, like... But he's voiced by... But he's voiced by Tim Curry, who does, like, a series of, like, kind of grunts and just, like, sounds... Yeah, it's mostly just sounds, but... But you want to get Tim Curry for that. Oh, yeah, you definitely want to get... Tim Curry. That I mean, that's you, you want someone just to make a bunch of grumbles. You get Tim Curry. Yeah, you want to you want a talking tree that just says its name over and over again. You get Vin Diesel. You want a mascot for a hockey team that just grunts. You get Tim Curry. Yeah. If Prince isn't available, which right now, as far as we know, he isn't. Yeah, he's hanging out. But if out Prince with... is available, we could get Lorenzo Music back. That'd be good. And then also, I mean, in this world, Bowie's still around too. So let's get him. Yeah, let's have him do the soundtrack. Oh man, that'd be great. Bowie writing an ode to lasagna. <laughs> I was, just, I, I mean, was, yeah. Just writes itself. I was trying to think which Bowie song would work. I was too, and I'm not going to go down that path. It's not, yeah, it didn't, it, nothing came up quick enough for it to work. Yeah. This is two seasoned but, improvisers who do this show, and neither one of us could think of the funny. The, what, the, what the funny David Bowie song. So weird Al to be about lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get it eventually. Might be Suffragette City. Go on. I don't have anything. (laughs) I was like, I thought maybe if I said a title, I would get there, but. (laughs) This has been our best episode. Um, We peaked. Okay. So now we're finally going to talk about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, from the valley that was last week talking about caddyshack 2 uh which we determined is the worst movie we've watched on this podcast uh we talked about garfield the tale of two kitties kind of it was the best of times it was the worst of times silver linings playback is a production of hobotrashcan.com if you enjoyed the show please rate or review it on apple podcasts hear more great shows on the peak sloth podcast network like this one hey guys it's sean and carter from potato salad marmalade eight 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 potato salad marmalade another podcast here on the peak sloth network check it out